0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Everybody agreed. I thought it, you thought it, Jeff thought it. The Reds' biggest needs were outfield and pitching. So, of course, what do they do? They go sign an infielder. Does that mean somebody's getting dealt? Can they keep everyone? We're going to tell you on today's Locked On Reds Live.
0: hello hi and welcome in to the aloha live locked on reds podcast it's a friday afternoon a little bit later than normal but that's all right thank you so much for making lockdown reds part of your day steve and i have been hosting this podcast now for two years co-hosted i've been doing it for about on going on my sixth season steve's also been podcasting about the reds for a while because we are lifelong fans of the cincinnati reds and we're addicted to this team we've turned that addiction into information for you. Thank you so much. Lockdown Reds, of course, is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. We are your team every day, all throughout the season, all throughout the offseason. Welcome in, because we're going to have you covered as this Reds team moves. It's been a busy offseason, and it's not over yet. We ain't even really halfway over yet when it comes to this Cincinnati Reds offseason and what they've got planned. And an interesting thought and a plan forward with this Jamer Candelario signing, I think needs to be discussed. We'll talk about that. in uh, Starting off today's show, we're also going to look at: is there a trade coming? Because that was everybody's first thought. Who's getting traded now that Candelario is here? And then we will take your questions and your comments because we are live on this Aloha Friday as we let you drive the ship every Friday, almost every Friday. Won't be here with you. PSA won't be here with you live next Friday, but the following Friday after that, we will return all right steve let's start with this because immediately the jammer candelario signing of just put everybody into a tailspin of is, is india getting dealt is Marte getting dealt who's getting dealt does anyone actually have to get dealt because i think the reds can make some internal roster moves here and really bump up this lineup yeah,
1: I think all of our initial just immediate reactions were, okay, this has to be part of a bigger picture. Um, I felt like it was part of a bigger picture. You felt like it was part of a bigger picture. But then having the night to, or the rest of the night for you, a Mr. 2 a.m. Emergency live show, uh, having slept on it a little bit when I woke up the next day and really looked at it, I, I got to the point where for me, it, nobody has to go there. There's a way to do this. And keep everyone in pretty much full time at bats. And, and that is gonna require that thing that we said we didn't want to have happen, but now it's gonna have to happen. And that is yet another infielder moving to the outfield. But it's an it's really a simple answer when you look at it because it fixes so many problems. We've said the need the Reds need a right handed power bat to play in the outfield to at least part of the time platoon with Will Benson or Jake Fraley. Uh, By bringing in Candelario to play the infield, you create a scenario now where CES could be that guy that goes out there and becomes a power hitting right-handed bat in the outfield or Noel V. Marte moves to the outfield and becomes that right-handed power hitting bat in the outfield. They don't have to go and sign another outfielder. They can focus on getting one more pitcher. The needs have been addressed and this team is ready to roll for a a division competition in 2024.
0: Yeah, and I think that there's a couple of guys that we're looking at here specifically. We're looking at Christian Encarnacion Strand and Noel V. Marte. Now, either one, I think, has the profile to do this. And I understand we we even talked about this a little bit earlier on in the offseason because Nick Craw came out and said they didn't want to, like, move anybody out of position. The Jamer Candelario signing would absolutely prove the uh, contrary to that because I think you could really upgrade this lineup without going out and signing that right-handed outfielder simply by moving CES or Marte to right field now both guys have uh varying athleticism Marte is a little bit more athletic a little bit faster than CES CES has a monster arm one of the reasons he was considered a third baseman before the Reds really moved him to first base. And it it kind of felt like CES was going to be the full-time first baseman once Joey moved on to either retirement or his next team. But with this movement, at least this season with Jamer Candelario in tow, you can put him at first base and you can put CES in the outfield, especially against left-handed pitching. And you turn this lineup where left-handed the left-handed lineup was a little bit of a question mark you almost turn it into a strength and i feel like that move was Nick crawl playing chess when all of us thought he was going to move this one way he moved a totally different way and turn this roster into something that has been more flexible than we've ever seen it's 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 so flexible
1: that uh, I think not only is it going to keep us guessing all year, but it's going to definitely keep opposing managers guessing as to what to do with their pitching staffs. Uh, this mm-hmm. this is, is uniquely positioned now to wreak havoc on managers trying to use their bullpen and, and what they're going to be able to do uh, against the Reds. With, with the signing of Candelario, you look at a potential lineup and how you get everybody in, and especially against left-handed pitchers now. From one to nine, the Reds lineup is nothing but dangerous. If you can figure yeah. out a way to get one of Noel V. Marte or CES to the outfield, that includes keeping Jonathan India around. You know, we buried that lead. That doesn't necessarily mean there has to be a Jonathan India trade any longer. Yeah. Uh, we've talked about that they could keep him. Uh, the talk coming from Nick Cross sounds like, he's at least now, I mean, you know, the phone could ring right now and, and Nick crawls mind could be changed, but sure. it sounds like for now they want to keep India around. And, and if they do that, there's still enough at bats to go around. It does mean, and and they have said Spencer Steer is now a left fielder. He's not the utility yep. guy. He's not, He's not going to be uh, in and out of the in- infield outfield. That's going to be somebody else that has to fill in and be the utility guy. He's going to be the everyday left fielder. And I think I'm okay with that because I've said a couple times already that I'm pretty sure he's been working on his outfield defense this entire offseason. He he already knew he was going to spend a lot of time out there. So uh, the the defensive metrics that everybody is is clutching their pearls over from last year are not going to hold true in 2024 for Spencer steer. Uh, it does mean if, if this plan plays out, Jeff, if one of CES or Marte moves, it does mean that TJ Friedel is going to be getting plenty of work. He is going to need yes. to be on his horse to cover territory in center field because you're going to have two corner guys that are a little bit inexperienced and are going to be learning along the way. And Friedel's is going to have to make up that ground defensively.
0: And that does make me wonder a little bit if it's more of a toss-up of Marte or CES in right field. I mean, Candelario can play third base. I think he profiles better as a first baseman defensively, at least. But you're talking now about two switch-hand switch hitters that you can put into the lineup in Ellie and C or in Ellie and and Candelario who you can wreak havoc with. And and I think that let, let's look at this for a minute because we keep talking about it. We keep uh, kind of dancing around it. The lineup itself really shakes out in a very interesting way because um, against righties, I think we pretty much know who it is. It's going to be intriguing to see now that steer is in left field full time. Where does Fraley and Benson, where does their playing time kind of go? Because both those guys really have to be limited to just right-handed pitching and both those guys really profile better as corner outfielders than they do as center fielders we might see fraley in center field some i could see that a little bit but again you're still talking about tj friedel that is good against both righties and lefties so i i kind of want to talk about what this lineup will look like and do the reds have a possible trade looming but i think we'll talk about that here in just a few moments
1: yeah before we before we get on to the rest of the conversation, I want to hit for just a minute on that, that what do you do with the left-handers? What do you do with Friedel? What do you, I mean, I'm sorry, Friedel's going to play every day. What do you do with Fraley? What do you do with Benson? Uh, Those guys are still going to play every day. Also, Um, you know, we had a a conversation a while back, Jeff, where we talked about the days of baseball, Uh, nine, nine guys, your starting pitcher, your eight players, you put them on the field. That's the lineup. You leave it alone. You sit back, you, you do a crossword, you check out Sudoku, and when the game ends, you go high five if you won. The, those days as a manager are over. Uh, lots of in-game moves, lots of playing the, lots of playing the analytics, lots of doing. So David Bell is going to play all of these guys every single day. Uh, the other piece of this is when we talk about the lineup. When we talk about getting everybody in, you know, it's it's a little more complicated because of that flexibility you mentioned, it's a little more complicated than just saying, all right, well, Candelario can play third, so that'll be him and Marteo move and, you know, CES is over there at first. There's some different combinations by making this move that you can get to. Uh, You can put Noelvi Marte in the outfield. You can move Ellie to third. You can move Matt McLean to shortstop. Jonathan India can play second. CES can either be the DH or the first baseman. And then Candelario plays the other spot. And now all of those guys are in the lineup at the same time. And quite honestly, that's a pretty good defensive alignment on the infield with Ellie, McLean, India, and whoever at first base. So I'll take that. Um, But you're right. We do need to talk about whether or not there is a trade looming. And we're going to get to that here in just a minute. But before. We talk about trades and what it means. We're going to talk about the sponsor of today's podcast. I want to shout out FanDuel. FanDuel is our sponsor today, and you can score often this NFL season with FanDuel. They are America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 back in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. Uh, That's $150 back if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options including playing the spreads player props jeff's over under category um he took an under guys i don't know if you caught that last week but he did uh and there's so many more ways to play you can combine prop bets on games into single game parlays for even more fun uh looking ahead FanDuel has lots of futures going right now uh, there's a fun one i talked about this Yesterday, I think, Ellie De La Cruz has the fourth best odds to lead the major leagues in stolen bases next year. Uh, his odds currently sit at 12 to 1. Uh, maybe throw a few bucks at that uh, and catch a payout at the end of next season. Uh, those odds are going to shrink. So head over to FanDuel.com slash on right now and start turning your sports knowledge into cash. FanDuel is an official partner of the National Football League and the official sportsbook of Locked On. Hey, don't forget, Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts from the Locked On Network, plus all of our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, let's look at this. Let's look at this. Is there a trade looming? Uh, Because we both thought there was. But then we both thought there might not be. Um, and I'm still I'm still more in that there, there might not be. I The more and more and more I look at this, the more and more I look at how just getting one player to change positions uh, could make this lineup so formidable, uh, that actually really has Big Red Machine vibes. Uh, yeah. if, if you really want to think about it, you move one guy to create a lineup that is just nasty. And, you know, I'm not saying they're the Big Red Machine but I'm saying that that's what it took to make the big red machine, the big red machine. Sometimes you have to think outside the box.
0: I I was going to say, I'm envisioning a couple of people uh, going through their keyboards right now and, and typing up mean messages to us in response to us, comparing anything to the big red machine. Uh, But no, uh, when it comes to what the reds really set up with this signing, I don't think necessarily that the trade is as, foregone conclusion as I as I thought it would be before the Candelario signing I was expecting that we would see Bieber or Glasnow or one of those guys that the Reds have been linked to because I really believe that you know Nick crawl has been working the angles trying to find the best deal to improve this pitching staff but now with this signing of Candelario and the way that the lineup can kind of move around and as dangerous as you make it one through nine, I think it is very much a possibility that they don't have another big move in and maybe they make like a smaller signing. Maybe they, they add another bullpen arm or something like that, but with the versatility and we have talked about this before with Nick Martinez, that really adds a lot to your rotation and as nice as it would be. And as, as much as I would be pumped up about a Dylan C's trade, you could conceivably keep a guy like Rhett louder and chase petty in your system and continue that ability to just churn talent. And then maybe toward the trade deadline, if the Reds pitching staff isn't taking that step forward that we hope they can be, then you reevaluate. Then you see if you can make that big trade because you still have all of these assets that you can move and you can kind of play around with. Nick Crawls' economics right now with this organization are just so far and above what they have been in years past, the ability that he has now with the talent on the major league roster to move it around, and you know what? If it doesn't work out, there's prospect capital with which to trade with, and you know what? There's still going to be payroll flexibility to work with. I think that Nick Craw has really set himself up beautifully. And Steve, I kind of want to get your thoughts on this because when we're talking about a looming trade and 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 the possibility of it not happening. The reasons for that are what the lineup can look like. We we talked about the defensive lineup and things like that, but like think about this: the one through nine that you could go, and this is in no particular order because there's still some things that you need to figure out. But let's say, all right, you got TJ Friedel in center and he's leading off. You got Matt McClain at second base, and he's he's batting second, and this is against the lefties to start. Um uh or, I'm sorry, against the righties to start. I'm getting all uh, discombobulated they're thinking about this but I'm, I'm just too excited uh, but you got Matt McClain playing second base and batting second you have let's say you know Ellie batting third and playing se- and playing shortstop you have CES batting fourth and let's say he's playing first base batting fifth you'll have Jamer Candelario pl- uh, playing DH and then batting sixth, you'll have Spencer Steer in left field. Batting seventh, you'll have Noel V. Marte playing third base. Batting eighth, you'll have and against righties again, Will Benson batting and playing in right field. And batting ninth, you'll have Tyler Stevenson a catcher. The fact that we're talking about this lineup, one through nine against right-handed pitching you don't have to include india right off the bat you don't have to include jake fraley right off the bat just underscores the depth of this roster and it gets even better when you talk about him against left-handed pitching
1: you know and that's a pretty that's a pretty optimal lineup for this team based on who's on it right now um for for me that still leaves you a like you say, a Jake Fraley that you didn't even put in the lineup that could be a big bopper off the bench. Um, And I think that him and Benson will be interchangeable at some points of the season. It it covers you if there's an injury in the outfield. Uh, If anybody gets an injury on the infield, there's lots of combinations to move to. Uh, I I like keeping everybody that they've got right now. It does not only keep you with the flexibility, but keeps you with the injury insurance. Uh, The other piece of this, the, back to the whole, do they have to move somebody go get a starting pitcher? We, we we've had these talks and I know you were still kind of in on the, on the Bieber deal and you can still do that with right. the, the spare parts that haven't reached the major leagues yet. Um, There's enough down there that like, you and I talked about this, what we would be willing to trade from the minors for Dylan cease or for uh Shane Bieber. I'm still able to say I'm, I would support that. I'm all mm-hmm. in on them still getting a starting pitcher, but I don't know that it necessarily has to involve anybody on the major league roster, especially if you're looking at a team like the White Sox that's going to be rebuilding for a couple years. They don't necessarily have to have a guy come back in the deal as the headliner that can start today, that can play the majors today. They they have a little flexibility to wait a year, so there's still a deal to be had there. And I, I've i really started to move to the point where we have to wrap our heads around there's no untouchable prospect. There's no untouchable trade piece within the Reds' farm system. Uh, right. Because that component is the only thing that really continues to drive Nick Cross' plan. It's the only thing that keeps it still working. I mean, it's worked great thus far, but to keep it working, you're going to have to start turning those parts for where you fell short. And, and I think they can still go get that started. I think we can have it all. That's what I'm saying. We can have our cake and eat it
0: it too. Yeah, I I think um, I definitely think Nick Kroll can absolutely do this. And, you know, talking about the Bieber trade, it won't be as costly as the uh, Dylan Cease trade would be. And Shane Bieber would still up the profile of this pitching staff to the point that you get excited and you really think that this team could be the favorites in the division. And I get it. The Cubs still haven't moved yet, and I'm sure that they're going to make moves. But with the moves that they have to make, the Reds have already, I mean, mean, Nick Crawl, is like that friend of yours that actually goes out and does the christmas shopping a little bit early like i still don't know what that's like i've done it a little bit like there's a couple people that i've already bought christmas gifts for no you haven't i mean mean, for a few not for you i usually wait until december 26th to buy yours but when it comes to christmas shopping i you know or or, or off-season shopping here Nick crawl is ahead of the game And I think that that's something to be celebrated and, you know, looking at the various moves that he has made, he's just made this roster so much better already to the point that we aren't even to Christmas yet. And we can conceivably say one more move makes this team a division favorite in a division that has lots of question marks in it. The Cardinals, sure, they got pitching, but they got pitching just to get back to five hundred. Uh, You've got the Brewers that might trade Corbin Burns and that could be the to the Dodgers and they might I've seen rumored trade deals that send Corbin Burns and Willie Adamas to the Dodgers. They trade Corbin Burns and Willie Adamas to the Dodgers. The, The Brewers are back in the pack. And then you've got the Cubs, what they might do for a moment. They were favored to get Shohei Otani, not going to be a thing now. I think he's going to Toronto. Hasn't made that decision just yet as we continue to uh, all refresh our Twitter feeds to see exactly where he's going to end up. And spoiler alert, it's not going to be in Cincinnati. Nick Kroll said the other day that they've made no contact with Shohei Otani. I don't think they were ever really in on him. I don't think that surprises anybody, but that being to say this, the Cubs are going to need to pivot in some way because they still, they lost Bellinger. They lost Stroman. Neither one of those guys are still on their roster. The Reds make one more move and they're division title favorites already. I think you could make the argument right now that they kind of are there. Yeah. And, and
1: I've said it, you've said it. We got laughed at when we talked about 2024 being, their Mm -hmm. ability to to win a division. We said that in the midst of the hundred loss season. And so I'm going to just gloat in that for a hot second because we were Mm -hmm. right. And, and this team is a legitimate division championship team. Mm -hmm. I think they're there now. I think they're there now without going and getting that starting pitcher. I think they can win this division without going and getting that pitcher. Now the playoffs are a different story. I think they need one more horse, to really be considered uh, a, a legitimate World Series contender. Um, but I think they can win this division right now. So for me, I, if I feel and see it that way, and I know there are a lot of people that feel and see it that way, I think Nick Kroll sees it that way. And, and mm-hmm. I, I think he's still puppet mastering behind the scenes on bringing in one of these starting pitchers. Uh, but I don't think that it any longer has to involve Jonathan India. And I do think that's where this started all that talk last season about trading India. I don't think he was seriously trying to trade India last season, but I think he was doing the groundwork. He was, he, he was getting the PR hits out of the way to, right. to be able to kind of make that move and get everybody used to the idea and accepting of the idea. Now everybody's not come along. Cause I see you guys over here in the comment section earlier, don't trade Jonathan India. And, and that's kind of been the mantra, uh, on every episode, don't trade Jonathan India, but I think he's been laying that groundwork so that if the right deal presents itself, he could, but I no longer think that that has to happen to get the the starting pitcher back that they need. I think they can do it with the minor league parts now.
0: No, I, and I, I agree with that. And I think that that's what makes this so exciting is that as much as we looked at and we said, okay, you do this, you do that. I, I feel like Nick crawl. listen, And he went out and did some stuff because what, what has it been in years past in the off season? It's just like, boy, if you do this, you do that. You could really see this team getting better. They don't do any of that. And then they make a move or they claim somebody off waivers or something like that. Now they get it. And when the, when the front office is moving, like they are, they understand how close they are to this being super duper. Awesome. And that is exciting. You know, what else is exciting questions and comments i know you got a lot of them i'm seeing the numbers in there thank you everybody for joining us on this aloha live friday edition of the lockdown reds podcast always uh, have a lot of fun bringing these live shows to you uh we've been trying to do the live reactions whenever the reds have been making moves uh but now let's see what you've got to say about everything that's going on with the reds that is coming up right after this because before we jump into that I want to let you know you can follow us in between episodes, including over at InsideTheReds.com. When we're not talking about the Reds, we're writing about the Reds. Bookmark InsideTheReds.com. A lot of great content going up over there, whether it's me, whether it's Steve, whether it's Ricky Chino, whether it's Austin Elmore, whether it's James Rapine. Got a lot of great folks writing about the Reds at InsideTheReds.com. It's uh, affiliated with uh, Sports Illustrated and all that good stuff. Bookmark it right now plus you can follow us on twitter at s offenbaker with two f's at jeff Carr with three f's and at lockdown reds there's no f's in that though uh so no worries about hitting that key on your keyboard all right let's jump into it because the reds have been so much fun i, I told this to steve and just a little bit of behind the scenes that like we, we were texting about the candelario deal the other day and i said you know what god bless nick crawl because there's so much to talk about with Jamer condolario that might have been one of the best moves for those of us that love to talk about this team that he could have made And, and there's so much to say and i'm sure you guys have got a lot of thoughts about it
1: so the comment section is off the hook. Uh, it was blowing up before we even went live. So I don't know how far back I'm going to be able to get because you guys are still just spinning my wheel over here with these comments. We're going to start with Branch just because it's right in front of my face. And we're going to go with this. Uh, it's like mm-hmm. Barrero doesn't exist anymore. Can't figure out what he is right now at all. You and me both, Branch. We yeah. were talking about this the other day, Jeff. Um, you know, we knew he was going to kind of be Mr. 26th man. And, and be a spot-fill-in outfield infielder. Kind of the Nick Senzel role a little bit that, that Nick held last year, but I think that's even hey, been that's taken that's new
0: away. Washington National, Nick Senzel. That's right. That's
1: Mr. National. Um, it's kind of been taken away. I, mm-hmm. I really don't know what he is other than a spare part at this point, and I really hope that David Bell doesn't David Bell this thing up and try and find ways to, to shoehorn him in there uh, like he did Kevin Newman. I, because Barrero yeah. uh, doesn't deserve that kind of treatment. I, I think where he we sit right with what we're looking at, Jose Barrero is going to get very, very limited playing time. You know, we talked about this possibly being his last chance to show that he belongs on a major league roster. I don't think that he's going to get that chance. Uh, What's going to happen with Jose Barrero is I think he languishes on the bench. He gets in, if there's an injury, he gets in uh, blowout games. He gets in uh, occasionally to help rest a guy that maybe um, just needs a break. But He's not going to get regular playing time. We're not going to see him very often. And then when we get to the end of next season, he's going to be, let's get the same treatment that Nick Senzel got. And he's going to be non-tendered.
0: Well, let's do a, let's do a fun exercise here. Let's count to 13 because on the active roster, you're going to have 13 position players. You've got Tyler Stevenson. You got Luke Maley, You got yep. CES, Noel v. Marte, Ellie De La Cruz, Matt McLean, Jonathan India, Jamer Candelario. That's just your infield. That's, That's eight. eight which means your outfield Spencer steer, which we're now counting him as an outfielder, TJ Friedel, Jake Fraley, and, um, and, and Will Benson, like 12. So we, so we got one more. So is it Stuart Fairchild? Is it Jose Barrero? Is it somebody else that they add? Because now you've put yourselves into a position where Jose Barrero is expendable. And these last few years, and I mean, he kind of, and, and as much as I hate to say it, he kind of made himself expendable because he just never sees the opportunity. But these last few years, it feels like the Reds have had so many roster spots that they could keep guys like that. They could keep the, the prove it guys. The guys that got to figure out if they're major leaguers or not. We are no longer at that position. There, there, there's not a position on this active roster where the Reds have to keep a prove it guy. And is Stuart Fairchild marginally, or, you know, way better than Jose Barrero? I don't know that. But could they go out and sign a Michael A. Taylor? Could they go out and bring in another, you know, right-handed outfielder or something like that? There's a possibility. Nick Kroll is basically telling us, stop putting me in a box. I know how to make this team better, and I'm going to do it. And I don't think that he has to be pigeonholed into including Jose Barrero on the opening day roster.
1: So the comments are flying by and I want to talk about Jonathan India for a second. Let me see if I can find it. Not to say that I don't like Jose
0: Barrera. I don't want to say that, but it's just, it's where the reds roster has grown. And I love that because we're no longer the team that is where everybody has to come to prove it because now the reds themselves are proving that they're a good team. Aaron asks how many
1: games will India start at designated hitter? And I think this is a good question Uh, Not so much because it's about Jonathan India at DH, but about the DH position as a whole. Let's talk about that for a minute because I don't think – I think the DH is going to be just a revolving door of guys getting a day off of the field. I think it's going to be utilized as an uh, almost day off – rest so if you get a day off completely during the week and you don't start and then you get a day at dh that's really two days a week that you didn't have to play in the field i think they're going to use that like a rotation you see the pitching starting rotation i think we're going to see the designated hitter rotation uh, where guys cycle through there so that being said i think india is going to play a lot of second base and i think they're dead serious about using him to play some first base uh, to give whoever's starting over there a day off once in
0: a while I 100% agree. I think that the DH position, almost for any National League team, like I'm trying to think of a National League team that has to set aside their their DH spot for a, for a you know, like I, I think of what the Tigers were doing with Miguel Cabrera. Like Miguel Cabrera, I think, played like 12 games at first base and the rest of the year was a DH last year for the Tigers. But there's not really that... Edgar Martinez guy or Frank Thomas guy that you have to put at the DH position, and I think that that is why they signed Candelario. You can just cycle guys in and out. I think if I had to put a number on the games that Jonathan India plays at DH, I'd, I'd say I, I would say thirty five is where I'd land on that. I think he's going to be one of the higher numbers. I don't think he will be the highest. I think I think CES will probably play the most at DH. Um, but I don't know that it's going to be that much higher than 35. I mean, you're talking about 162 games plus the playoffs because they're going to make it. But you're you're going to split that up not even really evenly four ways. There's probably going to be five or six guys that play at DH.
1: No, I I think that's fair, and I think you're right. That's probably the sweet spot. You'll see a lot of guys having played DH about 30 times uh, and mm-hmm. with you a little bit more, a few, a little bit less uh, Joshua. I see this comment. I'm putting it up here just to say this, get Ellie in the outfield is what Joshua says. We're going to speak to that, but we're going to do that next week. We're not going to get into the Agreed. Ellie to the outfield talk today, but that's coming for you. in one of next week's episodes. So make sure you have subscribed and that is going to be a good point to end it for the audio feed. So Jeff, let's wrap up for the audio and then we're going to keep right on rolling on the YouTube feed here, live answering questions and comments.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much. Uh, those of you listening to today's episode, we got a bonus episode coming for you a little bit later on of all the Q and a stuff from our folks here on YouTube. Uh, so for those of us on, or for those of you on the audio platforms, thanks so much for tuning in. Make sure you check out the next episode because it will be locked lockdown reds every single day.